raise the garden boxes, put away the golf clubs, and turn up your radio because this is Lawn Darts Radio <laughs> here on a beautiful spring day in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> we got some arena coming. And, yeah, uh, we do. We got we, we got storms of brewing. <laughs> <laughs> that is the beautiful laughter of my uh, co-producer, co-host, Ben and Mac. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Jacob. How's everything? Everything is fantastic. I'm here in the studio listening to music with you. Yeah. Uh, we got Caitlin Carey coming by in yeah. a little bit to talk yeah. about, close out uh, uh, International Women's Month. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. She's a badass. She is a badass. I mean, we just have a lot of badass people here in the, in in Raleigh and the in the Triangle in general. So we we we, and we have a lot of polymaths. There, there's an SAT word for you. <laughs> is, is that uh, one who endeavors in multiple fields? Yes. Or, okay. Yes, endeavors and 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 some most times succeeds in multiple fields. So you know, I would say Car- Caitlin Carey is one of those people. Um, most assuredly. Yes. <laughs> if anyone is. <laughs> you might know her from Whiskey Town. You might know her from the Small Ponds. You may know her from Trace Chicas. You may Trace know her from her many solo offer, um, offerings. Uh, we're going to play some Trace Chicas. We're going to play some of her solo work. Um, and mostly we're going to talk to her about what it's been like to be uh, running her own gallery. I know. Uh, inside the belt line uh, when she transitioned uh, from doing her, she needed a studio space to keep doing her fantastic needleprint work. Yes. But she's like, well, how can I also make this a spot that sparks? Yeah. Along with, along with her husband, Skillet Gilmore. Mr. Skillet Gilmore. We got his poster right here in the, yes, in the studio. Did. Wait, is that his? He did that for us? He did. He did the little Raleigh radio poster. That, the, that specific poster? Yeah. That was part of our, our crowdfunding campaign. So I'll be dog. You, you got one, I think. I think I do have yeah. one, yes. Somewhere. So <laughs> maybe maybe we can do another round of those. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be a lot of great music uh, for you this morning from um, artists who happen to be women. Uh, yes. Pretty proud of uh, the first play the first playlist uh, for this morning. So it's going to be. It's going to be a lot good of good quality stuff. fun. Yeah, good stuff. How's but, your uh, week been? I think it was good. I you got through it. You got through Monday it? Monday led to Tuesday, which led to Wednesday, which you know, so, <laughs> which eventually begot Sunday. So, so, so good, good, good week. Here. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of leisure. Uh, went to uh, Art and Bloom at the Art Museum yeah, last weekend. How was that? Uh, I missed it. It always knocks my socks off. Yeah. Um, just to be able to think about what you're going to grow and how you're going to. Arrange it so it complements, yeah. You know, lilies uh, in the pond, yeah. Amongst, you know, other other works. Uh, uh, and they've got the also coming to the art museum is the big exhibit on astrofuturism. Afrofuturism. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Afrofuturism. <laughs> We're ready to go to space already. I'm lifted off. Ten, nine, eight. <laughs> Friends, let me just warn you right now. I am not working on all thrusters today. <laughs> But no, uh, the exhibit, Afrofuturism. especially Afrofuturism. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna knock our socks off. I, I'm excited. I really am excited. I, you know, I want to go see it. I want to take my students to see it. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled for that. And apparently, uh, the National Museum of African American History just opened a, a massive Afrofuturism exhibit in Washington as well. Because my buddy Jeff Bennett, uh, if you don't, y- 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 y'all should know Jeff Bennett. You should watch PBS NewsHour. He's the co-host 
our co-anchor of of um, PBS NewsHour out of Washington. Jeff Bennett's one of the nicest dudes in in uh, American journalism. Anyway, he was posted on on social media uh, about that uh, big exhibit in Washington. So if you can't. Yeah, we got we've got an amazing uh, art museum here. We've got uh, the Smithsonian is amazing. Uh, so many cultural things just within a, you know a drive, a day's drive that we have right here in North Carolina and and the Triangle as well. We're just so we're, we're just very, so very blessed. We're very blessed. We're so 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 lucky. <laughs> so dang lucky. <laughs> A uh, big part of the uh, centerpiece for the Afrofuturism exhibit will be uh, the costumes that uh, Ruth Carter has put together. Yes, for, uh, for Black, Panther, Black Panther, Malcolm X. I'm trying to remember what else she's worked on. Yeah, first black woman to win two Oscars. I did not know that. Yeah, she she won her second Oscar this year. Uh, there was still some criticism out there that Angela Bat because Angela Bassett didn't win Best Supporting Actress. She's been up for an Oscar before. I think at some point she's going to get that. Same thing with Viola Davis. I mean, she's won before, but I think uh, she'll probably get another one at some point. Uh, but I just think this year was everything, everywhere, all at once. It was their year. Have you seen Gunpowder Milkshake? No. That's a fun uh, movie that happens to have Angela Bassett in it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's about a secret society of librarians that uh, uphold justice. Well, this sounds <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> well, justice, ju- you know, librarians, superhero librarians fighting for truth, justice yeah. in the American way. Let me ask you this, because I've been watching the show Krypton. Did you ever see that? I have not watched Krypton. Okay. Or as um, 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 Bre- uh, Marlon Brando, Krypton. <laughs> Krypton. <laughs> Krypton. Last son of Krypton. Last son of Krypton. Uh, so I, 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 I downloaded it from, from Apple, and I've been watching it. It's a fascinating look. It, it, it's set about in the past before Superman was born. But the, back, I just, back when he was a, his dad was a teenager? Yes, back when his granddad was a teenager. Oh, okay. His granddad was a teenager. So it's really it's really interesting, you know. It really gets into some. I I, I like it. It it it, it delves into like uh, intrigue and and Brainiacs in there. Adam Strange is in there. Adam and Adam Strange, General Zod. I I mean it's, it's really it's really well done. <laughs> I and and I really can't say that for a lot of the DC shows because they really devolve. I I would De- highly recommend. Uh, and I'm not a big DC fan. But Superman and Lois is amazing. Okay, so that's S- my stick next with one. it for the first couple of episodes. It's very, very CW in the beginning, but the actors yeah. really elevate that material, and it, it becomes really, really good. So that's my other watch. At some point, is is Superman and Lois, and but it, it really centers on how do you make having a family part of your identity, but not letting it assume it. Interesting, you know, because they're both professionals. Sure. And, Right. Um, they want the best for their kids, Lois but at the same a, time, Lois is a journalist, and yeah. and Clark is Superman, and a journalist. <laughs> oh, and a journalist. Oh, and a journalist as well. <laughs> but my question is: here, this is a long-winded way to get to this point. I'll when, stop interrupting. No, it's fine. <laughs> <Beep>. <laughs> 
has Superman as a character evolved that he has become more than just, you know, what he was fighting for at the beginning when he was created in the 30s, you know, truth, justice, and the American way? I think that what what he's what he's I think that he's come back to what he's was in the beginning. I think he's come back to being that, you know, looking out looking out for the union unions and the workers and taking out the strike busters. I think that uh coming back and, and looking yeah. after for the little guy. Because looking after the little guy then. Yeah, uh, you know, Superman is um obviously there's a degree of a Moses allegory, but more yeah. than anything, um his ideals are what he learns from living as us. Right. And so Brian Singer really, really took it. Actually, it was the Jesus allegory really took that to. It was so much so on the nose. It was painful. It was. That's what I was trying to bring it back to Moses. Yeah. I like that. That's much better. That's a much better. He's, you know, he's Moses. a child that's left out to drift. Yes. You yes, know, yeah. Made by uh, yeah. two World War II survivors. I, th- I think that. Yeah. Yeah. World War II survived. World War One. No, World War Two. Two. Yeah. Okay. For Jerry Siegel Sh- and um, Joe Schuster, and yeah. I know they were both uh, Jewish immigrants. Yes. And that was the big thing, and that's why that's why Superman has such a strong connection to the Jewish community. If you look in Seinfeld, uh, oh. Seinfeld, that Superman was always was always uh, in Jerry Jerry's Seinfeld apartment. Was a big fan. Yeah, the, he was know. always in in Jerry's apartment, whether it was a. Uh, 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 a refrigerator magnet Mom. or or a statue on his bookshelf. So yeah, yeah, Seinfeld is a big big Superman fan, but I mean he's had, he has such a it's such a strong connection to the Jewish community because in the 30s that's when the the Jewish community was at most under threat. Yeah, have you read uh, the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay? I have not. Michael Chabon's Pulitzer winning novel? No. I uh, highly recommend it. Okay. Um, it focuses on kind of the Jewish-American immigration experience, especially yeah. with um, Cavalier having to escape from the the forthcoming Nazi occupation mm. versus someone that's Jewish but has already – his family feels like, you know, they've, they've already become a part of that American tapestry oh, yeah. where those two cultures uh, come into conflict, uh-huh. um, but how they can create great things together – but then um, it turns it on its head because then the two of them together have to face the House of Un-American Activities Commission um, because of how their comic books are perceived as being subversive all of a sudden. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll read it to you if you want. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good deal. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. But a lot of the uh, Superman behind-the-scenes stuff is kind of paralleled in that. In okay, that okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I, you know, I was just wondering, is you know, you know, allegories and and superheroes are essentially allegories. A lot of them are. You know, the X Men were um, were um, the you know billed as uh, well. They they were created by Stan Lee in the nineteen sixties. Is what were they? Well, they they the, the X Men have always stood for being part of a marginalized group, and Stan right, Lee right. Um, and Kirby basically saw them as stand-ins. Uh, surrogates for uh, Dr. King and Malcolm X. Oh, that's um, right. Magneto, Magneto and Professor X. Uh, and then more recently, you know, heavily folks from the LGBTQ community have heavily identified with them. Um, you know, they're basically how do you create value in a world that fears and hates you? It's kind of their whole yeah whole point. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, but does Superman still stand for the American way? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I think he's been he's been universalized. Well, I think the the creators have definitely intended that. Yeah, they don't want it to be, him to belong to a, a certain country. Sure. Well, in the forties, he was used, especially the uh, Max Fleischer cartoons. Oh, those are fantastic. They are fantastic, but I mean, he you know there are some propaganda films where he's Superman goes and beats up Tojo in in World War Two. The Japanese sinks the Japanese fleet and. God, the 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 depictions of the Japanese were just so racist, so <laughs> racist, you know. And so you've got you know you've got Superman uh, beating up Tojo, and you got Superman beating up Hitler, just like and Bugs. taking out the KKK. And take oh. have you have you heard that story? No. Well, I I don't want to get the facts wrong, but basically, uh, the Superman radio show, yeah, uh, specifically, were told they couldn't publish. A story, so they ended up creating another story where um, Clark Kent uncovered and doxed real world KKK members. Serious? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's uh, there's a a great book. Well, it's supposed to be a really good book. I haven't read it yet, but it's like called Superman versus the KKK. No kidding. They've got it over at um, Nice Price. Or no, I'm sorry, Reader's Corner and um, so and so. Okay. Here in Raleigh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So even then, Superman was was fighting for maybe truth, justice, and equality. Maybe yeah. could you say that, I, Jacob? They can't. Hear. I know. They, they, they can't. They I'm can't thinking. see you on the radio. <laughs> you <been> say processing, <laughs> processing, processing. <laughs> but uh, maybe the truth, justice, and inequality, or truth, justice, diversity, <laughs> truth, justice. I don't know. Whatever the. Whatever buzzword you want to put in there, but truth, justice, and the American ideal. That's even better. The American ideal. Okay. That I can get behind. But uh we're we're talking a lot about a superman when we're here to celebrate women's I today. know, sorry. So, uh, I was just, that just that <laughs> that just popped into my I head. It's good, I'm glad. That that just just popped into my head. This is how random and, and spacey I am today, <laughs> friends. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, you're right. It is still an International Women's Month. You know, I I went through, I was going through my old book, my big red book, because um, I was uh, when I was at school at NC State, I worked a technician, and I was managing editor, and we, I I came upon a, uh, a piece that we wrote, uh, a staff editorial that we wrote about Kayao. And it was during a time she had come back, recently come back, after another treatment for another bout of breast cancer. And it was, you know, she, you know, we listed all her accomplishments and everything like that. And she, she was just a, she was our hero, honestly. She really was, a, you know, a, a campus hero, a hero to the Wolfpack. And, and it was so sad to lose her, but she was so brave and so optimistic and so just wonderful and and i i, I was kind of crestfallen a, a few weeks ago because we had the play for k game um a few months you know a few weeks ago at reynolds that's the the annual game that everyone all all universities across the state women's basketball programs do play for k games 
And obviously the big one is here at Reynolds Coliseum at NC State in Raleigh. And I had to explain to one of the students who KL was because they didn't know. And I'm like, oh, really? She's only been gone a decade. And and it, it it at first I was concerned about that, but then I was like, you know, everything is so fragmented, and this new generation is coming up, and with such a with all the world's information at their fingertips, they can't get to it all. They're only seeing what they what is curated on an algorithm that they you know in social media and whatnot. But that's why it's important for us to lift up and to remember these amazing people, especially women, uh, you know, this month and whatnot, because they are the trailblazers. They have they have done so much to um, to get us to where we are today. Well, we're both uh, alumni of NC State. Yes, uh, and we were both fortunate enough to attend there when KL was still coaching, still vibrant, still fighting. Yeah. Um, but did you, when you were at state, did you feel like you got a a strong history of the university? Because because I for one did not. I I think that that's not a that was not a curated experience for no, me. No, you're right. It wasn't, and and I think I did, but only because I went looking for it. Now I think the ha- the university has gotten a lot better, especially the libraries, because they have this beautiful showcase, these beautiful. Um, you know, if you're if you're, you're talking DH about the one in DH Hill, Hill. Yeah. yeah. So in if, D- if folks want to see that, uh, they would be once they go into the library uh, through the, either the Hillsborough Street or the Brickyard entrance, they want to make their way uh, kind of like where they're walking towards downtown and the very end, the special collections. Yeah. Area. Yes, yes, but they've got this th- this beautiful area. It's a hallway now, but they've got basically museum cases where they can show that stuff off and and talk about the history. And right now they have a fantastic exhibit about women of NC State. And um, Most of those exhibits are curated by a woman named Molly Renda, who does an amazing job. Uh, And she's also an advisor for the Wolf Walks History Program. Really? Which, um, I don't know, have you you taken any of those tours? I have not. That was something that did not exist when I was a student there, where... But they are doing a better job of curating that history. Well, you have checkpoints, and you kind of hear two things. Then, then one, we need to get her on the program to talk about this, and two, I need to get her in front of my students and take them on a tour, <laughs> a history tour of campus, so they just so they have context. They have the context and the history to know about this. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. I'll, I'll follow up with you. Yes, please. <laughs> Please, put, please put it in my processing box. <laughs> Stick it in a memo and send it to me. <laughs> well, we've rambled along for about twenty minutes now, since it's time for it's music. Nine fifty-five. I don't. I'm not going to make it, Jacob. It's going to have to be an all music show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got it in me. <laughs> That's literally oh, oh, what the microphone's on. Well, let me tell you about my good friend Superman. <laughs> Let's start with this grandpa and how they got to NC State <laughs> to buy popcorn at the Play for K game. <laughs> let's play. Let's play some wonderful music. Uh, we're gonna play a song here <laughs> from. Jack-
Jackie version. This is rolling and tumbling. Hashtag evolution. That'll be followed by Margot Price, Shotgun Willie, and then some Eileen Jewell. Here we go. This is Little Riley Radio. This is Lawn Darts Radio. It's right here in Little Riley Radio. Streaming on your Sunday morning. Turn up the radio and have yourself a good time. Angela Strelli taking a break from running out the uh, music venue. Ba, ba, then Nicasio, <laughs> Rancho Nicasio, to bring to life Chuck Berry's uh, You Can Never Tell. Prior to that, Eileen Jewell with uh, Walking with Frankie. Both songs that belong in your jukebox, along with Margot Price's Shotgun Willie. I just got bed for music for you, buddy. I, oh, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> That I, I, yeah, that was uh, wasn't that the song that Uma Thurman and and John Travolta danced to in Pulp Fiction? I don't remember. I think it is. That makes sense. Uh, they did the uh, the twist like dance. Tank, you know? yeah. The twist. I remember the, the twist dance. Contest. I just don't remember the song. I think it was very nice. Now I got to go watch Pulp Fiction again. Thanks, I ben. know. Tarantino announced I he's said- be doing his last movie, his last theatrical movie. Do what? Tarantino announced the title recently of his last theatrical movie. Oh, really? Will be his final. Yeah, I can't remember what it is now. Though. So is he done now? He's done with theatrical movies. So what? So what? Didn't he famously say he's just going to do ten movies and yeah. that's it? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I do know he's a theatrical fish- movies. He's already announcing other platforms that he's going to release his. All like, right. I might have said that, but I what I meant was, but. Uh, I do know that he's officially abandoned his Star Trek idea for now. For now, but that would be fun. I'd watch that. Yeah, like a like a uh, you know a, a sort of a heist movie in space. Well, he announced what it was going to be based on once he when he abandoned it. What was it? It was going to be uh, a a re. It was going to be the naked now, but from the point of view of the people on the planet, when then Kirk's Enterprise shows up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because like, Tarantino doesn't really work with Star Trek, but it could uh-huh. if you're trying to show how Star Trek na- navigates other, you know, more Tarantino-ish type. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so if you haven't seen that, Naked Now is the TNG version. The original uh, series version is The Naked Time. Uh, where a a strange virus takes over. The oh my bad! I was it's the gangster episode. Oh from the original. oh, what is that one called? Oh oh oh, a piece of the action. A piece of the action. That's a, the one he was going to do. The action, the gangster yeah, planet. But he wanted to show it from the planet's point of view. Sigma Sigma Eosha Four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. <clears throat> yeah, I would watch. I would definitely watch that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that that was his big plan. I I. I hope he does it. <laughs> Honestly, coming soon to Paramount Plus. <laughs> because I would, I would watch the hell out of that. Yes, yes. If you haven't seen that, it's original episode, original series. Uh, it's in season two. It's called A Piece of the Action, and where they they end up at a planet that uh, base their entire society around the gangsters, uh, gangland of Chicago. <laughs> And Kirk and Spock have to go and basically become gang leaders in order to to bring the warring factions together. It, it, it's hilarious. It's a lot of it, <laughs> it. It's hilarious. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. What else has been good with you? Ugh, not much. Okay. I, I ate a lot of ice. Too much ice cream last night. Which, what's your go-to for ice cream flavor? Oh, mint chocolate chip, hands down. Oh, that's a good one. I yeah, love it. It's a good one. I love it. 
mint chip, mint chocolate chip. So as, as I'm getting older, yeah, I mean I still love mint chocolate chip, um, or uh, moose tracks or what yeah. have you, but um, almond, almond, yeah, interesting. With, a little, with, little less with, sweet, but with the almond chunks in there. No, no, you don't want. I the, mean, uh, th- that's fine. I'm indifferent. Okay, because I've actually put a handful of cashews in the cashews and ice cream is good. Oh, it's really especially good. Especially get some uh, pistachio ice cream and throw some cashews ooh, in there. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds fantastic. We're having actually. a nutty Sunday here yeah. on Little Rally Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a cherry on top for you. Exactly. But yeah, it's almost Howling Cow season. It is. Speaking of Howling Cow, uh, Mo Chancellor Woodson came to visit us the other day here in Student Media. And, you know, one of our students asked him, (laughs) and he brought ice cream. And he brought ice cream. (laughs) No, one of my students asked him about, asked him what's his favorite flavor of ice cream. And he had had such a thoughtful answer. He really did. He said, well, I'm a Moose Tracks fan, right? But uh, every new chancellor, and every chancellor gets something called Chancellor's Choice. It's a flavor of Howling Cow ice cream that they do to, that the chancellor gets to pick the flavor. And the previous chancellors always, you know, did something like red and white. You know, Jim Oblinger's was raspberry, raspberry uh, jam and vanilla ice cream. And Marianne Fox's was strawberry and some kind of vanilla ice cream. He's just like, that's that's a little on the nose. That's too, it's kind of boring. I like moose tracks, and I want some. So they created a flavor called Wolf Tracks, and it's only available on campus and at the creamery on Lake Wheeler Road. Yeah. But uh, you can order a big, a big old giant tub of it. Yes, you can. But the reason why it's only available exclusively on campus is because it has a proprietary ingredient in it. It is the peanut butter. Oh. It's the peanut butter swirl in there. And it is a special type of peanut butter that can be used in frozen products like that. Because if you put regular peanut butter in there, it will freeze and it will harden. And it just doesn't work. And so now, so that's how that was part of the agreement between this company that makes this and NC State, in order to you know make the Wolf Tracks ice cream, it, it had to be exclusive to campus. So you can't buy pints of it in in Harris Teeter, but you can get it on campus. You can get pints and you can get scoops and stuff like that, and at the dairy and the creamery out out on Lake Wheeler Road. So, so w- when you become chancellor, what what kind of ice cream are you gonna make? Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's a good question because I I think I would you know I would want to do something that sort of represents the state. And uh, so obviously, my go-to would be would be mint chocolate chip, and they have that flavor already, but. What about a persimmon flavored Ooh, persimmon good. flavored pudding? Uh, uh, pudding. Per, pudding. <laughs> persimmon <gonna> paradigm <laughs> shift. We're not making ice cream anymore. We're making pudding. Well, my granny would make persimmon persimmon pudding for uh, you know for Thanksgiving every year, and so that you know that's just well, maybe a persimmon fla- flavored ice cream. I don't know if anyone else would eat it, but I would. <laughs> Wine sap. 
wine yeah. sap or muscadine. No, no, this is for me. Wine oh, sap. oh, oh, <laughs> that's oh. mine. Oh, that's yours. <laughs> yeah. Wine sap. Yep. What is that? Uh, wine sap apples when they're when they're wine sap apples. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They. So what that's do they my taste favorite kind like? of apple. What do they taste like? They're, I don't think I've have ever had one. So there, it's it's apples. But I mean, obviously, there's never been ice cream. That's why we're having to invent it and, and capture that flavor. But it's an apple that, uh, on the good years, has the slight tart of strawberry to them. Ooh! And there's red veins that uh, course through the apple. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I think it would be a refreshing treat for uh, yeah. a summer day. Yeah, that would be. Absolutely, it would be. Yeah. Okay, I could I could get behind that. Good deal. Well, we're gonna still keep talking because we're still waiting on Caitlin Carey, and I don't yeah, know. Should have sent a reminder. Did you Did you <laughs> forget did. to send a reminder? I, I did. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just said she said I'm on my way. Nice. Very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> See you soon. See you soon. <laughs> oh, man. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. Fantastic. Well, we'll have Caitlin Carey here. Yeah. Uh, she's on her way, apparently. She's on her way. She'll be here shortly. Mobile futuristic communications. Exactly. How about that? The future is here today. We're going to the moon. We're going back to the moon. Should we do news in space now or wait for that? We can do news in space now. Okay, let's do yeah, it. Let's go ahead. It's we'll time. do a paradigm shift. We'll do the music <laughs> calendar after Caitlin. Oh, and there we'll do, you go. And we'll do news in space now. Fantastic. All right, it's time for news in space. Uh, That's right. It's our weekly look at the happenings in the heavens, sponsored by my NASA logo hat. It's the worm logo, the finest piece of marketing design in all of human spaceflight. And, uh, Jacob, I don't know if you looked up this week. We saw, did you see the moon and Venus? Did I send you a picture of the moon yes, and Venus? Yes, you did. <laughs> it was amazing. And then I saw a picture of it from India, which oh, you, you have not seen yet. I have not seen it's, that. It's, it's humbling. It, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, so, wow. So the moon was in a crescent. It was in a crescent phase. But that kind of bright crescent? Yes. Where you can then see other features of the moon. Yeah, you could see the rest of the moon, you know, the outline at least of whatnot. So it was it was fascinating. Uh and and then right right above it was Venus and it was bright as day. Man, oh man, oh man, it was incredible. But did you also know <laughs> did you also know that the that the aurora borealis was seen as far south as as North Carolina. I heard it was visible from the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, from Asheville and whatnot. Have you have you seen photos of it? It's I a, have. I'm skeptical. Why? The they seem very heavily filtered. Oh. You know, so I I want oh. to talk to some people that saw it with their human eyes. To see if that actually, to see what their experience is versus those, the experience that we that uh, photographers are are so talented at making, yes. um, where they can think how the camera thinks and like what is the coolest way to show this off. Yeah, um, but that that's such a fine line that I really it really see is. see what it's hey, like. Hey, <laughs> Caitlin's here, hot dog. <laughs> we'll ask Caitlin if she got to see Venus. 
on uh, Friday night. Which I, it w- no, I did not. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's still up there. It's still up there. <laughs> it's still, it's up there. still there. Okay, you guys are going to tell me everything that I need to know. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just here to learn. <laughs> and shut Good off morning. The phone. Good morning. You can switch it to vibrate. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I wish I knew how to do anything with it. It's pretty new, and I. Yeah. Anyway, well. Caitlin plays with their phone. We had the folks on the, the other week from, was that last week? Yeah, it was last week <laughs> from, from the Raleigh, Raleigh Astronomy, Astronomy Club. Club. And they were talking, they were poo pooing the idea of, <laughs> of potatoes on Mars. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. But uh, researchers in Texas have come up with a fantastic alternative to potatoes on Mars. Uh, and uh, they're they're looking at history on what is one of the most important crops to ever grow. So they were doing uh, test growths that uh, they harvested this week that they've been working on since November 18th of 2020. Huh. They have come up with a way to grow rice on Mars. Rice. They're like, we need something that um, we know has nutrition. It's inexpensive. Yeah. Um, and um, because of the toxic chemicals, uh, most likely a percolate, um, that you, if you need to scrub, you can scrub really easily. So how do so they when we do it without, Mars, without giant, you know, patties full of water <laughs> out there? Because that's how you normally grow rice. Yeah. Here. So they will have to have the water, and they will have to irrigate it, and then they will because you more you you flood you flood and then you recapture. Yeah. Okay. It, it is kind of the plan. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. And of course, it's also easy to make yes. when you're living on another planet. Yes. We we do a weekly segment where we we talk about kind of what's going on in outer space. Oh, so that's where we're at right okay, now. Okay. So that's what we're right now. We were like, like, we're like wrong guest, y'all. We got to eat. We got your email, and we were like, oh, we were like, where's Caitlin? And I was like, oh, she's on her way. So let's do news in space. Got it. Okay. I mean, I know someone in the Raleigh Astronomy Club, but I am not in the. Okay. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, another big news, big Artemis II milestone. All the major structures of the rocket, the core stage, have been connected right now. Uh, this continues the march toward the, uh, the, uh, the next, uh, the next uh, mission to the moon, which will, be, uh, which will be crewed, and we will find out in early April who that crew will be. So they're the ones that are going to do the Pathfinder mission, to fly around the moon uh, on the Artemis spacecraft, the Orion spacecraft, to fly around the moon and get all the data needed, so that Artemis three will be the Ar- will be the mission where we land the first first woman and possibly the first person of color on the moon. The southern pole of the moon. The southern pole of the moon. That's yes. Where so, the water is. so uh, the reason why is we because we think that there is water there. Trapped, uh, trapped as ice in craters and everything down there. The the if you look, think back to the Apollo missions of the 1960s and 70s, they were around the equator of the moon because they were l- sort of lit. They was really lit. It was really easy to get there and whatnot. This time it's going to take a little bit longer. They're going to have to do a, a a different type of orbit around the moon in order to to get. To the or, or to survey the landing sites now because there it's in the southern pole. You are correct. What else you got, Jacob? 
there was an asteroid that flew in between Earth and the moon last night. I know! Mm-hmm. It was big as a city! <laughs> it was uh, 230 feet wide and roughly the size of the Parthenon. Oh, that's it. It could hit a city. Though. And we, yeah, it would have been, could be devastating. Yes. Um, but of course, they knew, thankfully, that this one w- wasn't going to get there. And we've been studying it for about three years. Yeah. But if there was an asteroid that snuck up on us, they wanted to test how much, inf- since we knew, since the information had already been cataloged, they could mm-hmm. test their equipment to see what people that don't know about the asteroid could learn in a week's time. Oh. Um, and that test was very successful. Fantastic. Good deal. Uh, let's see what else. Hubble, yes, our old friend Hubble has been up there for a long time now. Now it's still getting pictures, and it is gathering pictures of what are called jellyfish, jellyfish galaxies out there. So, uh, eight hundred million light years away in the constellation Pegasus, there's a galaxy that is just plowing through this, plowing through like gas and other stuff that is just floating out there in the universe and as it, it it's it looks like it's just pushing through all this and it creates these like jellyfish like appearance like these tentacles these tentacles of stars and other matter and everything and it makes it makes the galaxy look like it's a jellyfish floating in space pretty cool so get out of the way turtles it's jellyfish season. <laughs> exactly <laughs> You got anything else? No, that that about does it. All um, right. Well. Good deal. But, uh, yeah, so welcome, uh, Caitlin Carey. Hi. Thank <laughs> you so much for inviting me, and, and yeah. thank you for uh, bringing up the topic that I know that we are <laughs> going to be talking about. Um, it's really, uh, you know, the statistics on women in the art market, I wish I didn't have to know, but I do want everyone else to know. Well, it'll make me want to quit. But <laughs> do tell, do tell, because first of all, I, I I posted on Facebook that you were coming and described you as a badass Aww. because you are you and and we also like the Wright brothers. Caitlin Carey came from Ohio, laid over in Texas, but came here to teach us how to soar. <laughs> so yep, she is a badass. <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right, but two rights make an airplane. <laughs> But you're also, I guess you see a polymath. You are a musician. Yeah. You are an artist. You are an entrepreneur. Uh, and you and Skillet, your husband Skillet Gilmore, are just two of Raleigh's cultural treasures. I I mean, you know, just thanks for being here. Goodness gracious. I, <laughs> I can't take that introduction. It's early in the morning, y'all. Yes, we did talk. We wanted to talk to you about women in the arts, and because one, you are a woman, women, a woman in the arts. Uh, but I mean, it's a it's a big issue. So tell us, tell us about women in the arts. Well, you know, I as I said, you know, my knowing these statistics are is not helpful to me. But I I do want people to know that. Um, uh, you know, and these are very easily accessible. In the top 20 most popular exhibitions around the world in 2018, only one was headlined by a woman artist, uh, and I'll name her, Joanna Vasconcelos, mm. uh, with I'm Your Mirror at the Guggenheim in Bilbao. Um, a recent survey of the permanent collections of 18 prominent U.S. museums 
found that represented artists are 87% male and 85% white. Wow. There are no women in the top 0.3% of the auction market where 41% of the profit <coughs> is concentrated overall. 96% of artworks sold at auction are by male artists. Only 13.7% of living artists represented by galleries in Europe and North America are women. That's enormous because galleries, of course, are, um, you know, uh, for, for, for a certain level of artist, um, the, the artist who's trying to make a living solely by creating and selling art, the gallery is the is the window to the world. And so that statistic, as someone who is, you know, I'm actually an emerging artist still, I consider myself to be. I've only been um, doing art for a living for about five years, really. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is what I'm about to, you know, or this is what I'm on the this journey is where you're emerging of to. beginning <laughs> to, to try yeah. to tap into. That's right. To try to um, present my work to, to galleries around the country. And that statistic uh, was very earth-shaking for me to read. I, I, you know, I sort of knew these things in the back of my head, but as I prepared a little bit for coming to talk to you, uh, that one, um, as I as I have been scheming my own life, yeah. hit me real hard. Um, so, so I'm really glad that you brought up the subject, and I'm wondering what you all have been thinking about because I'd love to, to, um, you know make this a three-way conversation with you because I can read statistics, but yeah. let's well, talk. It's when, those, when <laughs> you see those statistics, it always feels very jarring because you think of art, whether it's performing or visual, mm -hmm. um, as a very feminine quality, that mm -hmm. uh, communication and expression are things that, you know, we just, um, through tradition, tell us that, that that is, whether you're male or female or somewhere in between, that that's coming from the feminine. And so, how did we get here? Was it, um, is it just a holdover from where, um, women, if they were making art, were assumed to be enthusiast, and therefore, if someone was a professional, they had to be male, um, and that's created just a a link, a chain, you know, or or, or is it because of the gatekeepers? Yeah. Because what you talk well, that's about, where I was wondering with the chain, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, you know, because you were talking, <laughs> you were talking about the the you know the top galleries in the world um and the artists only you know only one woman in that in that list of the top 20 art exhibitions out there is it just because the gatekeepers that are that are you know curating these galleries and exhibits are still very it's they're, still they're very white dudes that's right and and they're uh, if i go a little further in these statistics there is one about that now that is a statistic that is thankfully changing um mm -hmm. and it's changing pretty fast i think um unfortunately when when you read about it it's like lower level somewhat lower level less well-funded institutions are beginning i think the majority uh of like uh, I don't know if the majority of directors are women now, but the majority of new hires uh, are, you know, so it's clear that this problem is, you know, it, it is beginning to be get into people's consciousness and, and be solved. And as to, I mean, as to where, what the roots of it are, I mean, I, I'm thinking that we, 
you know, when you take an art history course from a woman, <laughs> what you find about out about is all the men male painters whose partners were uh, also artists and who were, you know, seen to be in support roles, not and and whose work was almost invariably considered to be tangential to that of the of the man artist and. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's absolutely not, and that, and I'm talking about my, I'm talking about sort of fairly recent modern history, uh, but I think it does go back into the into the ages that that. Yeah, and definitely the school systems where like Rembrandt and and folks like that, where only men were allowed to be students, but then women were allowed to do. You know, like, oh, well, I can do, you can do the background, but I'm going to do the right. foreground. You can, you can or, paint any of the um, colors, honey. You know, um, yeah. or like all the way up to the Disney studio, you know, paradigm with Madeline Milner. Um, you know, she didn't get credited for being the lead animator on Night on Bald Mountain. Um, but it was mostly like women that were coming in to do like cell after cell after cell mm -hmm. of painting. So. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I'll let you borrow her biography. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. But uh, I did no, honestly, I did not know that that it was a woman who, who animated Night on yeah, Bald Mountain, and from, she ended up from Fantasia. Yeah, you, she draws. She fell in love with with monsters and the things that don't fit in because of a lot of the discrimination she felt as being a woman trying to be part of the Hollywood system. Yeah, and so she has a through line from Night on Bald Mountain to creating the Gill Man, which was the only Universal horror monster visually created by a woman huh it's a yeah really good book but okay um so as as um i guess as a gallery owner bef um before you learned about these statistics were you already trying to be mindful for um parody representation yes indeed and f and in fact i i, I it's fun for me to say that almost without thinking um i did ca i did a little count um i mean with Without thinking, I've made my gallery pretty darn woman-centric. Uh, I think about seventy percent of of the artists that I rep that I I don't say I represent that I show whose that work I have show. Been <laughs> that uh, for yeah. Folks yeah. that yeah. playing catch up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Caitlin has a wonderful gallery space off Bloodworth uh, here in Raleigh called the Pocket Gallery. Yeah, in, in the historic Oakwood neighborhood. Yeah, we're right across from the Side Street Cafe. Yes. So it's a, Sweet little have lunch and come see the pocket. Y'all are in the old, uh, the old Nice Price Junior space. Is that correct? We're in the one. They were in the larger one. We're in the in the middle spot that was Anaset. Anaset, most okay. recently, yeah. Yeah. And we're very sorry that Anaset left. I know everyone is. <laughs> Why? They're still open. Well, I mean, open. I know of course that they left that spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know. They're still though. Yeah, they're putting great energy into their their um into their uh, main picket spot. Picket they spot, sure so. are. That's a magical place. Yes, isn't it? it really. Yeah, is. Especially <laughs> now that the the fence is gone and the grass is there. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yes. Yeah, so who who are some of the women that uh, you you um are very happy to when you start to look at your notes to have featured at the pocket? Oh well, let's see. I um have really the hanging right now is the work of Alexis Price. It's up for just a few more. I think this is the last weekend, um, so come see me today when I get to the pocket <laughs> at noon. Um, although it, it will be up into next week as well. Alexis Price um, has moved away from Raleigh, but sh she um, 
many people will know her as their bartender from Kings. Yeah. Um, a self-taught artist who um, works in a sort of, uh, I guess you might say magical realism. She, she makes um, representational human forms mostly of women's bodies with animals' heads and animal parts. And she didn't she go by Casey Porn? Nope. That's nope. a different artist. That's a different artist. Yeah, she's okay. on my dream list, Casey. <laughs> if you're listening, I have to have you at the pocket. Okay. Um, and then upcoming, we're having uh, <coughs> an artist named Julia Einstein, who has been the um, artist in residence at Raleigh City Farm. Uh, and she has spent the last year and a half or so documenting the growing seasons of the farm um, by painting, by, by collecting and pressing flowers into what's called an herbarium. It's a very old mm. tradition of collecting and making notes on a, in, a, in a growing farm or garden. Um, and she makes painting, well, paintings in acrylic, uh, I, I think, I'm pretty sure they're acrylic, uh, based on the on the flowers on the farm. So in conjunction with the Oakwood Garden Tour, we're having a big exhibition of her work along with the work of my very best friend, Vanessa Smith, who is a floral artist. Um, she just got done with Art and Bloom, um, and she's going to create um, sort of a living uh, tribute to Julia's work. In, in the pocket. So oh, that'll be really those cool. Are yeah, fun women, of fun. <laughs> fun women coming up <laughs> in, into the pocket. But, you know, I think you, I was going to say that you, um, you suggested that what we could talk about is um, ways that we can begin to support women artists in mm -hmm. the triangle. Mm -hmm. And I do have some other exciting um, news about what up upcoming things. Um, do share. Do yeah. share. Um, well, first of all, we should say that uh, the new director of the NCMA, um, I'm Valerie Hillings, who I've I, I have peripherally smiled at from across the room, but have not yet <laughs> met. I don't think. Um, but yay, the NCMA is um, you know among this growing list of people who have um, hired women to to run the show so uh, and i was recently at the art museum and I'm, I'm sure everyone is aware of the sort of rehang of the permanent collection yeah um with that i i think i could feel very much was emphasizing um diversity and inclusion within the new um, permanent exhibition so make sure to get there if you haven't been recently it, it'll it'll feel like a whole new museum to you and um yeah yeah and ju just a quick just a quick history note on the on the art museum it was the first in the country to be a state uh, 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 first a state supported museum of art in the country it was founded in the um, early 1920s and was actually in downtown raleigh in what is now the dot building yep yes wouldn't it be fun i, I wish they could have grown it in downtown <laughs> i know right <laughs> yeah that would have been but cool. that beautiful land around the art museum we're very yeah, fortunate the campus to have is that a, as well it's gorgeous it's a, a gift it yeah. really is um, it really is and uh the the facility is is fantastic because um, um if you go the windows can let natural light in. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. Yes. 
you mentioned my brief Texas stay, and there's a museum in, in Houston where I lived called the Menil that when they built that, that I just uh, hung out there all the time for that. I, I lived in Texas in the time in my life where years seemed long, and so I think I was really only there for a couple years, but <laughs> I feel like I spent two years in this Menil Museum, and it had that similar kind of um, architecture that allowed natural light in, which is sort of... Um, it used to be considered impossible, I guess, yeah. to, to let light near art. But they figured out how to <laughs> how to how diffuse to it, it so it yes, doesn't exactly. damage. That's right. Uh, I see. Yeah. Oh, very. And their cool. Afrofuturism exhibit will feature uh, world-renowned uh, costume designer and artist uh, Ruth Carter. Right. So I'm looking forward to seeing her oh work gosh, in person. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! Isn't yeah, it? that's going to be fantastic. That's not open yet. Is no, it? April uh, next weekend. Next weekend. Yeah. The line's probably already out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Get your Hopefully. tickets now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, one of the challenges, what are, do you see personally and also professionally and what other women are seeing, what are, what are some of the challenges you're facing to get your art out there and recognized and, and shown in in galleries, if if you don't have your own gallery like Caitlin does, what you know, what do you, how do you go about how do we doing do this? That? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the part of the answer is, uh, <coughs> excuse me for pollen. Heaven's so oh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm full of it right now. I'm full of poop and pollen right now. <laughs> Well, my goodness, the, 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 pee, the peas Sunday and morning. springs. <laughs> Sunday morning coming down hard. Pea poop and pollen. Pea poop and pollen. <laughs> uh, I think that, um, that, that, that part of the answer is um, a lot of grassroots uh, efforts, which I feel like, you know, we're strong here in the triangle. I was going to say that, you know, one thing that I have to admit is that, I mean, I haven't shot for the stars with my own art. I have not yet trotted myself that much out around the nation. But I do feel extremely fortunate uh, in, you know, I, I, I guess this is really just like claiming my own privilege. Um, you know, I've had the I've had great fortune to um, both in music and in my visual art to uh, to, to just find that I have that doors have opened for me. So um, so when I look back at these statistics, it makes it all the more sort of painful and, and important to me to be part of these efforts to make sure that, you know, my sisters <laughs> get, get the opportunities that I have and people who live in places that are not, um, you know, working so as hard as, the, as we are in the triangle to open doors. Um, so, but I, but I do think that, uh, you know, uh, it is time for everyone to be okay with, um, yeah, you're going to be hearing a lot about women, and women artists. You're going to be hearing a lot about artists of color. These doors were, you know, I promise you that um, they have to be kicked. They can't, we can't, you know. And it feels awkward. You come from a from a place of understanding that it's because these doors have been closed so long it's not unusual it should never have been unusual that's right um and yeah if it feels a little bit in your face 
uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about looking back at my own education growing up, you had, you know, I had our art class in middle school. I had a wonderful art teacher. She was a, 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 a fantastic artist and a, an eccentric lady in her own right. But um, just looking back at my art history and what I learned, the only two names who were women that come to mind are Georgia. Ooh, let me see if I can guess. Yes, Georgia, Georgia Keefe <laughs> and Grandma Moses. Well, oh, hmm, Grandma Moses didn't really hit my... I think I only learned about Georgia O'Keefe. Yeah, well, and 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 part of the reason we learned about Georgia O'Keefe was because because one, she was a woman, uh-huh. but she also, you know, painted flowers that were, you know, very much like looking like vaginas. That's <laughs> you, right. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and boy, but, that controversy sold her some paint. Yes, My it goodness did. Gracious, as all anybody could talk about. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it wasn't until later, my older, you know, my older, uh, when I become older and whatnot, is is you you, you learn about Frida Kahlo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm very fortunate. My mom was she was of the right generation to just love the work that Frida Kahlo was being putting out. So yeah. therefore, uh, I was able to inherit that. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, just yeah. Those two those two names just really stick in my mind. Georgia O'Keefe and Grandma Moses. And Grandma Moses was a, a was considered an outsider artist in doing folk art, that type of stuff. But those right. those are the only two women that I really just that really stick in my mind that I learned about in art class. It well, was, it was nice of them to nod at folk art, which is um which is, of course, where the work of women has lived for a long, long right, time. Right, right. Um, and, and nodding to it is, uh, I guess, good job for your 1990 90s. 90s. 90s, yeah. 90s, yeah. Yeah. I took in, um, there was an elective in my high school, which was 10 years before you, I guess, um, <laughs> called Art and Man. Art and, uh, and Man? <laughs> Art and Man, yep. Um, and it was actually a wonderful course taught by a wonderful woman named Mrs. Snell, who, uh, but we certainly did learn about men in art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the only w- woman that was introduced was Georgia O'Keeffe. I don't think we got as hip as Frida Kahlo. Um, and then she was really into, um, I'm sorry that I can't, I'm terrible at remembering names, but the artist who painted the big eyes. Big eyes. I don't know. Oh gosh, there's a movie about it, and yeah. it of course turns out. I mean, my Mrs. Snell uh, the, with the whole Mrs. with the whole Snell lawsuit loved the ma- yeah. the man there who was, was credited, but it turns out that his wife right painted either. all the yeah. tank paintings. Oh, 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 oh! I know so what you're talking about. Really ironic that you know. At least she can't remember the man's name either. I That's can't, important. Right. Well, <laughs> Margaret Keene. Yes, Margaret. Keene. Margaret Keene. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Mrs. Snell, sort of at the, it was like the last day of class. She sort of embarrassedly introduced us to the man the big eyes man painter and isn't it sort of ironic that it turned out in the end that we find out that it was all his wife wow (laughs) holy cow Uh, art and man art and man (laughs) uh are there there other upcoming opportunities that you had spotlighted in your notebook yes i did um so uh, a really wonderful artist who i've 
uh, gotten to know over the past couple of years, Jean Grey Mose, um, who makes sculptural work that is, um, it's three-dimensional, but most often it hangs on the wall. It's made out of uh, reclaimed, repurposed wood. It's amazing and beautiful, and I won't go into talking too much about it because I would, I would love for people to just discover her work. She, um, last year at this, about this time at the pocket, we hung a group of eight women um, that, that Jean Grey um, spearheaded. The name of the exhibition was Taking Up Space, and um, it was based on a global initiative of the same name um, that uh, is basically a, a giant effort to get women's work hung and seen at a very gr in by grassroots methods by taking places by storm sort of and just insisting that we are gonna this group of women is gonna hang art who's who's having us and I was very fortunate to be um, to have the pocket and be able to say me please um, but uh, so this year's um, taking up space. Uh, exhibition will happen in the corridors at Art Space. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, good. And Jean Grey has um, organized a uh, a juried show that applications are, are obviously now closed, but uh, 38 artists uh, submitted, or no, uh, hundreds of artists submitted and 38 were juried in um, and uh, the show will open on first Friday of May, which I think is May 5th. Yeah. Um, the show was juried by Jamila Dallas, who um, is a wonderful art supporter, uh, curator, uh, has been involved with the Carrick Museum uh, mm -hmm. in Durham, or the Carrick Gallery. Um, so I think that that... that kind of thing um it's really inspirational to think that like when you when you go and and learn about these statistics that like the first thing to take away is i personally probably can do something about it and mm -hmm. i love that jean gray decided that and um and took it upon herself to to make this endeavor and i i can't tell you um you know how much work that really uh that that really is mm -hmm. to 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 curate a show like that to um you know sh she had to do s uh, some legwork to get to find an exhibition space um you know take submissions um get them to the juror um then you know she'll she'll help with install and the 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 group that she's involved with will help with install um so it's an endeavor and the point being really like um it, it would be great if if she could pass that next year to someone you know to someone else yeah um to to take this on and and I feel like that was something I really wanted to say was that um if you're worried about this problem, I feel like everyone can do something um you know to not not just to support institutions that 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 are friendly to women artists, which is a wonderful thing to do, and it's real easy to do here in the Triangle. You know, support art space, support VAE, support the NCMA. You know, um, but also make opportunities for um, f 
for underrepresented artists, not just women, to be seen. Mm -hmm. Like, it can happen at your house. It can happen at your favorite coffee shop where you know the owner. It can happen, um, you know, anywhere where there are a few walls, you know. Make a show and make some noise about it. It's that I, I love, you know, my sort of impression of the Raleigh art world is that it is like that like I remember going to shows in it, in the 90s when I first came here where people had seemed to you know take over a building and a group of artists you know there was that would would have a show yeah and it's neat to live in a place where you can just like we're still small enough that you know you, you can, can make an introduction and make something happen. That's exactly. right. And, yeah. peop and, you know, and, and the community is small enough <laughs> and, and everybody is, you know, interested enough that you can still get people to come. And, you know, it's really. Well, and, and if you look at the institutions here, like ArtSpace, like CAM, mm -hmm. like VAE, they're, I, I believe they're all woman-led. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my friend Carly Jones was just recently named That's the right. you know the the relatively the CEO. new CEO of ArtSpace. Yep, uh, fantastic black woman who cut her teeth in um, at the uh, Humanities Council at North in North Carolina Humanities Council, working for Department of Natural and Cultural Resources. Yep, you had Gab Smith over at CAM. I don't think she's there anymore, but. You had her over there. There was a um, curating stuff at, at Contemporary Art Museum, Cam Raleigh. And, and finding curators that would support the attitude that she thought the space should have. And yeah. You know, she's stepped down. That attitude is still there. Yeah. 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 And I'm not exactly sure who runs Visual Art Exchange, but I mean. It was it, Sarah Powers. I don't know. That's it right. Was. It was Sarah Powers. But she's over at the. Uh, she's, she's with the, at city. the art. Isn't she you know, arts council yeah. with the city? <laughs> Here I will be all confused about. <laughs> I know which, or, or, which organization is which. <laughs> but she, yeah, Sarah, she, don't kill me. Yeah, no. but she's <laughs> over with the. Uh, she's the with city. the city now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you know you are right, and this part of the vibrancy of of Raleigh's cultural scene is that art, that uh, that art scene. Uh, and that is really inclusive, and you can find some really cool stuff out there. Yep. Well, uh, Belva Parker, I spoke to Belva. She's um, with the Arts Council, and she and I were riffing on this idea of, you know, what do we do? How do we how do we fix this? And and the one thing we kept circling back to is like, is is like small initiatives, neighborhood initiatives you can you know collect a group of three neighbors and have them take their their current art down hang some new art you know uh, cook some veggie dogs and invite all your friends to your neighborhood party and yeah. it's all about it's all about an art show you know yeah um i just think it's so easy with any kind of like re uh, any kind of understanding of uh, of bleak statistics like this to go, oh, well, what, oh, that's what, a drag. What can what I can do? I, I can't do anything right. about that. Right, and, and I really do think that, I mean, I don't know how we crack the crack open the big doors uh, except for waiting for some people you to You make the big doors out. envious of, of the life <laughs> right. and the vibrancy of the that's little right. doors. Of the little that's doors, that's right, right, right. Because they're, they're looking at it and saying, oh, that's so cool. How can we do that? We want to do that on our level. How yep. do we do that? So let me ask you, because you 
and your husband Skillet are artists. How do y'all support each other, and how do y'all? Because y'all have different styles. He's more of a. Would you say pop art? Uh, I don't know if he would ever allow anyone to name his style. I mean, he's a commercial artist. He does screen printing yes. and, and uh, uh, design. You know, uh, honey, don't. <laughs> um, how do we support each other? Gosh, um, you know, there's. He's so much. Uh, he he does. He's a Lobo Solamente. I feel like I hardly support him in his work at all, except for by making dinner half the time or less. <laughs> he kind of makes dinner more of the time nowadays than I do. But um, but uh, we we certainly are invaluable as as critics of each other's work. You mm-hmm. know, both and supporters you know yes that's good <laughs> you're doing you're doing good honey yeah. but um you know i value his opinion and i ask for it all the time and i think he asks for my opinion some uh as well we show each other our work all the time um and we both are very uh i guess kind of plastic about um allowing for the way that it the way it has to happen that you have to kind of work all the time we both we both almost never aren't working in some way or another you know um so we don't have a real regular uh vacation schedule or anything like that um and and i guess too both of us are um you know how do we support each other well we make we we made a gallery you know yeah yeah (laughs) that's a a huge step (laughs) it is did it's a that terrifying com- leap, that's for sure. Did that come from your your early collaborations in music? Uh, Playing in the bands together? Sure, yeah, I okay. guess so. Didn't I mean, you get skilled into screen printing? Weren't you the weren't you the one that opened that door for it? Well, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, I worked at um at at Raleigh's Tannis Root for a a. Once again, back the when very time, first generation of Little Raleigh Radio T-shirts are from Tannis Root. Oh. Yes, the, are the purple ones? No, the um, the, oh, was it one with the, the lo- with one. the uh, acorn logos? The acorn logos. Yeah, I don't think I have one. No, wait, I do have one. We'll, of those. we'll get you one. Yeah, <laughs> I do have one of those. Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, sorry. Do we need to have a sale on the <laughs> <laughs> yes. radio T-shirts at the pocket? Yes. Ooh, that would be great. <laughs> Bring me some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would Skillet do more of those posters? I still want patches. That's the Ooh, yeah. patches. Yeah. I've got, so right. I've got one of those, and I've got one of Skillet's uh, hopscotch, nice hopscotch po- posters, that he, the Hometown Heroes series, Frank's Pizza, because I live in Southeast Raleigh, uh-huh. in Long, and, you know, around the corner from Longview. Very dangerous to live near Frank's oh, Pizza. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, But I need a Caitlin Carey original in my house as well. You do. So I'm so here. my favorite for Skillets is probably the Shut Up and Ride, but for yours, it's got to be the Rialto. That's, oh, that's yeah. a, such a good one. Followed by the IHOP. <laughs> oh, the IHOP. That's a classic. And haven't you done Mecca as well? I have done Mecca, yeah. All right, I may have and to get And if you go Mecca. into our bathroom, you'll see Slims. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Slims is in there? You guys yeah. are so nice. <laughs> serious? So we've got yeah. a we've got a Caitlin Carey original Michael in might here? have moved it into the hallway, but it's somewhere. It's Slims? It's somewhere, yeah, we've got a Slims here. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not an original. Um, a one, a, a if print, you can't afford yeah. an original, another great way to support artists um, is by... 
beautifying your environment and creating those creative spots just by filling it with some prints. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, and t talking about ways that we support each other, Skillet supports me by learning how to do all kinds of. Um, oh, we started by saying I was working at Tannis Root, and I was I was on tour myself on and off during that time, and I decided I wanted to make my own merch. So I got uh, Bill Mooney at Tannis Root to teach me the bare bones of how to use Photoshop, which I did very badly and made some very terrible merch that I'm very grateful that some people bought. Um, and But I kind of brought home my kernel of knowledge about Photoshop and showed it to Skillet, and he, like, immediately, it was like watching a, a baby bird take off or something, <laughs> you know. He just took that and ran with it. <clears throat> and now he does everything. All the tech parts of our business are on Skillet, and he's very good, including um, doing the work that it takes to photograph and um, manipulate my work in, into the images that make good um, prints. You know, it's yeah. really, I was very resistant to making prints because for those who don't know, my work is made out of fabric. Yeah. I, I it's cross-stitch, cross isn't it? No, no, no. It's it's a more of a friend of quilting. Okay. It's, um, you know, pieces of fabric uh, sewn onto a stiff surface. Um, so it's like a quilt, but it's meant to hang on the wall and it's um, representational. And I have, I have, for for a number of years, I focused on um, depicting Raleigh's humble landmarks, yeah. things that things that made Raleigh feel like Raleigh, um, and that are kind of going away. Have you done <laughs> Have you done Kings yet? I haven't figured out a way to um, to capture Kings. You know, it's not exactly from the outside. It's not a it's not a, a striking building, but right. But I've done many uh, not striking. I'll I'll figure that one out. <laughs> it's a matter of finding I, the right photograph. I was gonna say I was gonna say the the uh, the auditorium, the the venue itself inside is a sure. lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but but I would think that would be a lot more difficult as well. Interiors, I, I have done some, but mostly you know have mostly focused on the outside, the iconic visage of the building but yeah. um but yeah the inside the stage i love the way they the way the stage is colored and yes. so yeah that's an idea okay thanks you're welcome i came here for some <laughs> from in inspiration well, and i got go. it <laughs> if you could sneak statler and waldorf in there too that'd be fantastic there you go well i am working i'm i'm working on a series of i i have sort of laid the 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 landmarks down for a while and have been flirting with abstraction a little bit and uh, some more, I guess, universal um, getting out of breaking out of the of the Raleigh area. Um, yeah. Anyway, I but I'm working on. I have a show upcoming in uh, September at Rebus Works, and I will be making twelve new landmarks. So three are completed, and and uh, you know nine to go. So, because and I surprises? oh because I make a calendar. Sometimes. Oh, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I promised a bunch of people <laughs> that I would have a new calendar this year. I didn't do one last year, and people get mad. <laughs> or or people's moms get mad. And people's moms get mad because they get them for their Christmas gift. <laughs> 
So. Oh my goodness! And uh, I guess you mentioned Reba's works. Uh, is Shona? Have you found her to be a big oh, champion of? Yes, of Shona's fantastic. Shona is wonderful, and 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 her energy for making things happen is she's been a great inspiration to me. And uh, you know, but when I was just getting started, she gave me a bunch of help with um, figuring out questions about presentation and framing and yeah. yeah oh yeah she's a she's a real asset to our art community for sure plus she's just i mean and she, she gives a lot of artists jobs yes she does <laughs> yes yes she, she does a, she's a job creator i love your work i was in there yesterday for my i go there just about weekly to pick up you know pick up some vittles and and supplies and 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 just to sit at the bar and talk to shauna and everyone else yep it's a great little place. It is. If you haven't been there, it's in. It's tucked in in uh, historic Boylan, Boylan uh, Heights. Kind of under the Boylan Bridge. Yeah, yeah, right there at the Boylan Bridge. Yeah, exactly. Can we ask? So, you? so I'm hearing, open doors, make introductions, make sure your artists are fed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. What else are we going to ask? Oh, I was going to ask. So Jacob and I were talking about this earlier, or whatnot. And if you don't want to broach the subject, that's fine. But Ryan Adams is coming back this summer. He is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> do you care? <laughs> or do you, you know, if uh, you don't know, Caitlin was part of Whiskey Town. As was, you know, Skillet. As was Skillet. Yeah. Yeah. We and met in the band. Yeah. Well, uh, we've been out of touch with Ryan uh, the last several years. So I don't know. I don't know what will happen. I Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting feeling because never had to really. He 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 sort of refused to play in Raleigh ever. So. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's been it's been twenty years since he was here the last time, and boy, that was crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. No, I, I don't have real strong feelings about it. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that he's able to play again. Yeah, he, it's all he can do, so he has to do it. Yeah, <laughs> good deal. Good deal. And and then you you get to continue being a polymath. Uh, are you are you have any uh, performances coming up or are you? You know, I played it. I played those shows. But, uh, my my record label back in uh, the end of last year re released my first solo record on vinyl um, for its was it twentieth twentieth dumpingly its twentieth <laughs> anniversary. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> What happened between 2010 and two, what, who, what, <laughs> who did all that, what was done, I don't know. <laughs> Things happened, uh, 20 years intervened, um, and so I played some shows around that, but uh, which was fun and also really hard because I hadn't been playing much, so it took like, it, it, it was sort of uh, a lot of work and nerves and stuff. Um, it does not show. I just sent Ben the link to your PBS oh, performance. Yeah. Oh yeah, the power of country, uh, women in country, yes. songbirds. Of yes, the, songbirds the songbirds of the south. That's right. Uh, a show I will never see. I find <laughs> it. Uh, I find it better to not think about how one looks while doing the things one likes to do. Oh, so you don't watch yourself? Oh hell. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Well, you came off great, and the music sounded incredible. So yeah. thank you for that. If anybody wants to watch their own <laughs> sex tape, that is up to them. <laughs> all I'm saying. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's a brilliant way to well, say yeah. that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I just don't want to know what I look like when I'm having fun singing at yeah. all. It doesn't help. It doesn't help me one bit. You both, you both have a writing background. Does that come into some of that self criticism, where you've you've learned to you wrestle with what you're making when you're making it? I'm not sure I understand the question. Say like, it again. If I try to write, uh-huh. if I try to write, I get really angry at myself. But you have to be able to read what you've written. Why? Because oh. you think it's crap. I do. I mean, you, you know, I tell that to my. No, students. I don't think it's crap. I think that the it has so much value and potential that I need it to be perfect. And so oh. I know you have to suffer through that. Yeah. And then you never want to read it again. So, so there's a, there's a phrase I tell tell my journalism students, and that is. Don't let perfect get in the way of good. Right. And and I feel like that's really distinct that the the uh and of course it's distinct from from creating visual art as well. Like everything about how I uh everything about the the art that I make, I have to look at a thousand times and it's because it's about looking. Like in in my head, singing and music are not about looking, and they never have been. Yeah. So, um, it you know the other analogy is watching the tapes when you play sports. Like yeah. your body is really important to how you play football, but it is not really important to how you sing songs. You know, <laughs> but but um, but being critical, uh, having a critical eye on your own work, I think is essential. <laughs> so yes, reading what you write and redoing it. I mean, that's the other thing. You can't really redo it. Uh, you can watch the tapes to try to get better for next time, but, um, yeah, different, whole different animal. I feel like than, than writing or, or art or visual art making, which of course can be amended, you know? So you, you so along those lines, you don't watch yourself, but do you listen to yourself? Yes. Okay. Oh, of course. And yeah. you can't make a record without listening to yourself yeah. a million bazillion times. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm okay with that. I don't particularly enjoy it when somebody puts it on at a party. Uh, <laughs> for that very, you know, for that very critical, like, I it will stop all conversation. I'll get embarrassed for a second and then start listening for the flaws. Oh <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, or your people will ask about it, and you know, or say, "Oh, I've already listened to it and I already know it." It doesn't, you know. What What else do you want me to say? Right. Yeah. So, do you feel like uh, working in needlepoint gives you more flexibility for for making those corrections? Yes, I'm going to correct you. It's needleprint. Needleprint. Sorry. Which was a dumb idea. This is a name I came <laughs> up for with for the work that I do, and I was really thinking, you know, I was kind of thinking about even from the beginning, like Skillet is a print artist, and I wanted to, I wanted in on the party or something like that. So needleprint seemed like, and it does seem very logical because it's I am sewing onto paper, uh, or at least I was. Uh, often now I'm on stiffened canvas, but. It does. It in in some ways it did did feel like a printing process. Okay. Ba- b- partly because of very boring procedural methods that I use, but um, 
it is kind of akin to printing in in a way but um it, unfortunately puns just don't do it <laughs> i mean if that's a pun is that a no pun? no it's a no it's a, I mean, it, yeah and it, it portmanteau it definitely it, it describes what you're doing so well that, yeah. and don't call it dumb own it because that's oh. exactly what you're doing well the only thing that's dumb about it is that it makes people say needle point oh, which is a yeah. very okay. preci- very precise and defined art form yeah. that I am not doing so okay. anyway gotcha. that no the mistake was in the naming of some, making it basically you have to edu- like you have to educate else. everybody what you're doing correct gotcha uh, but what was the, oh do I like it cuz I can correct it oh, um, can you correct it I can correct it and I do most when I'm working in representational ways, um, I the sky, I do I tear out five times. I can't see it in my head until it's actually all done, all sewn down, and then I'm like, nope, <laughs> wrong. And it was very, it was actually kind of a revelation when I figured out that I could tear out without ruining the rest of it. Um, so yeah, uh, and and other other things too. I I make little tiny changes until the glass is on the frame for sure yeah um uh, yeah there there's a ton of reasons why i'm sort of more comfortable in the visual art realm that that's part of it um part of it is a sort of a remove from you know going back to talking about like the body and watching yourself or how you be in yourself like making music is such a very physical thing and what comes out of your own self is like I'm incredibly vulnerable about Mm. and there's something about the remove of what happens when something comes out of me into visual art that I can like put a space between my most vulnerable self and that even though that's all in there there's like this little comfy sidewalk size space in between the in between the whole self and the work that is i really dig or i'm very comfortable in (laughs) originally you mentioned you might be on a little bit of a tight time schedule but i do want to ask before you have to head out um are there that if if they haven't come up organically, are there any local heroes um, that you think we need to be m- mindful of in this area that you want to mention by name, or any big marquee like art heroes uh, when it comes to supporting gender parity? Like who who should be some of those household names? Oh my! Or goodness. your uh, new art teachers? Who should you they be? Had to, you would have had to prep me for that question because okay, I'm that, always super, terrible super at pulling it uh, pull, pulling those out of my head. Um, but. Yeah, you guys talk for a second. Well, we mentioned too. Casey Porn. I oh, think that yeah. she's yeah, one yeah. That, that is definitely worth, and I think, worth and following. That, and I think my brother and sister-in-law have have an Alexis Price piece. I believe they do have one. I'm, I'm, I I just get Alexis and Casey Porn mixed mixed up. Well, they're both they are both super fab women artists who, um, who. Put animals in their work. I was going to say they and both the, have similar yeah. styles. Yeah, somewhat. And they're and not really similar style. I mean, I think of Casey's work as more not cartoon is the wrong way of saying it, but it's very graphic. Yeah. And, you know, okay. And so maybe yeah. Fantastical, but more, but 
you know, very hyper real. And yeah. some, I mean, the, the fantasy is very, and, a very and realistic seen, style of painting. And I've seen both of those, uh, both of those artists, Casey and Alexis, in Person Street Bar. Ah, there you go. See? Yep. Yeah. And then there's another woman, and I'm sure I can remember her last name, uh, Jen, that works with animals. Yes, Jennifer Clifton. Yeah, yes. thank you, thank you, Who thank is you. Gonna, she's going to be showing at in during that same time as the as the flowers show. She will be the featured artist in the pocket. Yeah, and she's an amazing artist who, uh, it's funny, when I very first moved to Raleigh, she was one of the first people I met. Her um, partner, Steve, and I were in uh, the writing program at State together. Okay. Um, and and they had moved here most recently from New Orleans, where she's from. And I met them, and they, they just seemed like these magical people. And she was painting uh, these fa- these wild, you know, paintings, uh, different than what she's doing now. But um, but then but then Jennifer. Um, made the wise choice and went and got a master's degree and um, was a a guidance counselor. So she helped a lot of people, had a stable career there for a minute, and now she's taken, I don't know if you'd call it early retirement. She's much too young to call it that, but whatever. She put in her time. She put in her time, (laughs) and now she's painting full-time again. It's really exciting to see. And um, When she's back in the pocket, please ask her if she has any more postcards. To bring those to the pocket because I used to have a whole bunch of postcards that she made and I oh. mailed them all away. You need more, I okay? Need. <laughs> I shall make. I shall endeavor to make this as <laughs> as an art, you know, an art ambassador. Yes, I will endeavor to make your wishes come true. One last question before you have to go. I first met you in 2013 when you and John Lindsay were promoting your protest song album. Yes, and I had you on Capital Tonight, which is the show that I was producing at right. the time. Yeah. Are we going to get a new album? Any more protest songs coming? Boy, we need it, don't we? <laughs> I think there is not. It's reminiscent a little bit to me of the North Carolina Music Club Army, but I think there are some protests planned that involve music and visual art coming to the General Assembly uh, next weekend. Oh, serious? Oh, it start, the showcase, it starts with an A. And they're organizing it on Wade Avenue as we speak, but I cannot remember the, the full details, so I apologize about that. But well, don't be sorry. We'll just look yeah, it up and talk yeah. about it next week. Right. Perfect. <laughs> if, yeah, I, I, I look forward to hearing about that, too. Uh, there are no plans in the works, but I always keep that on the – if, you know, that that's definitely on the short list of records I would make or – projects i would take up again if the you know if the stars aligned so. and if you have a copy of that album right now and you're listening when the show's over you should open up your windows and play a full blast yeah yeah get some Charlotte <laughs> Ammons on yeah yeah, yeah i think i got a vinyl copy of that i'll have to dig it up yeah spin that yes <laughs> yes well i guess i should go open the pocket since uh, we open at noon and <laughs> Boy, am I ever ten minutes late every day. So really, yeah, you, I should you own practically. The joint. Uh, yeah, but I try so hard. It's the walking out the door. I don't know how to do it, and I'm not always leaving as entertaining a, a situation as this. I mean, well, that, there you go. You know, Bill. Thank even you. even your dog. <laughs> 
I really appreciate you broaching this topic, and and thanks for having me very much. Absolutely. Thanks for everything that you do and um, adding uh, thoughtful discourse to this topic. As yes, well. thank and you. And for not only acknowledging that there's a problem, uh, but coming up with things that everyone can do to uh, not solve the problem, but to create a better place i do love that idea of just take all your art down that you have now and invite someone to hang their work for one month or one week or whatever and throw a party or two and invite all your friends and say that i i found something i love would you like to see it yeah and if you um if you are in more dense housing another thing now that we do live in this social media age is if you can't have an in-person party have a virtual party. Yeah. You know, put, put it up on your walls. Yep. That's you know, true. Yeah. Yep. Whether in person or digitally. Yeah. Absolutely. Once a week, feature an artist that you love that people might not have, have heard of. Yeah. Yes. That's great. In, in by, by looking at sort of who's, I don't know, who's who you could do that that would be a fun year project perhaps i'll take that on a 52 week there you go yeah if if you do it i'll do it okay (laughs) right on yeah that sounds great we'll hold each other accountable what's our day of the week i want to say wednesdays wednesdays i water my plants on wednesdays okay not wednesdays no 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 (laughs) add it all on add it on the wednesday that i know that i do on wednesday that i will hitch it to that and that's great fantastic (laughs) Wednesday. 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 Ben, Wednesday. You going to join us? I sure, but I'm off Instagram now. So Well, you're still on the Face Space? Well, I am on the Facebook. And you can put images up there and you can tag the artist. That's and, true, I could. You know. All right, I'll join in, sure. Yeah, all, right. all right. Absolutely. We have a compact. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank I, you. I really enjoyed my morning with you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Uh, we are going to play Caitlin Carey's song. Get out quick! Get out quick! Please don't hurry your heart right here on Little Rally Radio. That's Mountain Man right here, Little Rally Radio, on their cover of uh, Take Me Home, Country Road, off their John Dimmer tribute album. And of course, here on your Sunday morning. What a wonderful Sunday morning. Thank you, Kaylee Carey, for coming by. I know. That was a great conversation. It was so much fun. (laughs) I did not want it to end. I did not either, but she had to go and open up the gallery. So go check it out. Pocket Gallery on Bloodworth Street, yeah. historic Oakwood neighborhood. She and Skillet Gilmore uh, have and, our uh, stuff there. That's their working gallery. That's their working gallery. They use the and they oh, uh, get get work done. We'll also um, changing almost on a monthly basis who their featured artist is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think they still have a couple of packs of the Deck of Oaks cards for sale. Really? Right? Yep. Oh, I have to get one of those. You do. I have to get a pack of those, yeah. Speaking of cards, does anyone have a poker game going? I haven't played poker since I moved from Charlotte. Well, why don't we uh, talk once the microphones are off and we'll, uh, we'll take your money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my roommates and I, when I lived in Charlotte, working in the newspaper down there in Concord, we had a weekly poker game with our colleagues. You know, once they were done, our copy desk colleagues and whatnot were done on Friday or Saturday nights, they'd come to our apartment late night, and we'd play Texas Hold'em till like 2 or 3 in the morning. And I just haven't, I missed, I kind of missed that. I missed that camaraderie, you know. It was, it was a weekly just get-together of, you know, dudes hanging out, eating pizza, and playing poker. 
<laughs> so if anybody's got a floating crap game or a poker game out there, let me know. I'll come and lose some money <laughs> just to hang out. <laughs> I'm buying my way in, not to, yeah, yeah. Not to win. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my brain is today. I'm just popping all over the place. <laughs> But the Deck of Oaks, if folks aren't familiar, was a it was a charity uh, fundraiser um, way too long ago now, um, about 11, 11, 12 years ago, uh-huh. where each uh, Raleigh artist was given the opportunity to design five playing cards from a regular deck of cards, oh. and they got to split the proceeds with a charity of their choice. Okay. Um, so they each picked out a nonprofit in the area, in the Triangle, mostly in Raleigh, that were important to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh fascinating yeah. and so uh, you know what now come to think of it maybe i do have a pack of those cards i need to get i need to go to rebus works or somewhere and get a frame for my pack because i, I want to do a you know an, an onlay where you've got yeah where you can see the whole deck uh, okay maybe but i do and i just stuff. don't i just don't remember i just don't realize i do that I, my house so cluttered and and just you know full of stuff and i'll i'll un you know unearth things that i don't remember that i you know picked my up. pack is in the linen closet somehow <laughs> where why how did that happen i think i put them there to keep them safe <laughs> when we were doing a major like Ugh, okay gotta, gotta rearrange everything okay. on a weekend and then yeah. they just haven't come back out gotcha but i see them whenever i get fresh towels well, like, oh, well there's my cards there are my cards <laughs> Okay, for well, the Benny Mac least, Poker Night. Yeah, there you have for Benny Mac Poker Night. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you are interested in starting a <laughs> poker game, <laughs> get in touch with me. <laughs> if you'd like to make a donation to Little Rally Radio, get in touch with me. You can shoot me an email, listen at org, or just go to our website and click Donate Now. Uh, you don't have to lose money. You can invest it in the future. <laughs> And keeping our uh, voices alive. Keeps the voices alive, keeps the lights on, keeps the uh, utilities going. Thanks to our buddy Mark Turner, our our our, yeah. res- our resident chief engineer, for getting us back online this week. He's got a show this afternoon. His band is playing at the uh, Saints and Sinners Brew Pub. No kidding. Um, their, uh, uh, his band DNR is playing out today. So he skipped a little bit of band practice. So he to get us back on the air. So thank you very back. much, Mark Turner. We we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much. And he reminded us that we're ten years old. <laughs> oh no, no, our server is ten years the old. The server's <laughs> ten years old. We're what? Eleven, twelve? Uh we've been broadcasting now uh as of last month, twelve twelve years. Twelve yeah. years. Has it been that long? I believe so. Holy crap. Wow. Time flies when you're yeah. having fun, man. So uh, hopefully the FCC will be like, oh well, let's open a new filing window. Get you, get you <laughs> give, one of them there, please. FM licenses. Give us, give us a license, please, <laughs> so we can broadcast it twenty five thousand watts <laughs> or hundred, you know, whatever. Or whatever, it doesn't matter. Just you know, just you know, like a light bulb. Our friendly little pirate radio station here. <laughs> We're not pirates. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> But you can help with that too. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a mailbox. You've got a micro FM transmitter. Share the love. Share the love. <laughs> that 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 would actually be the the perfect um, if it was up to me. Vision for Little Raleigh Radio. Um, a of course having people come in and make great shows that yeah. uh, make Raleigh awesome. But then just a, everybody put a little micro transmitter in their mailbox. 
<laughs> so anybody driving by can, can, can tune in. Can tune in and listen yeah. as they drive by. Yep. That's great. <laughs> let's uh let's uh let's uh call it a show. We'll play one more North Carolina singer. Uh this is Kim Ware and she has a great song called Palisade Peaches. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll be back no later than next week. See you then. Palisade peaches get ripe on both sides. <laughs>